Hey, welcome to our family camping. It's the week of July 6th, 2020. Yes, it is. And for those of you who are wondering, wait a minute, it's the end of June. That's because we record this a week in advance. No, it's because we traveled into the future. <laughs> well, that'll work too. I don't want to travel in the future. Then our camping trip will be over that we're going on here in a couple of days. That'd be no fun whatsoever. Yes, we are here, our family camping. Uh, for those of you who might be interested, we do the show, we record it live every Sunday night, 8.45 p.m. Central Time. That's when we're all available. And we would love to have you join us, and that is in the Facebook group, Our Family Camping. Uh, somewhere down the line, we'll move that to YouTube, but uh, we have a, a little while before we do that. But we would love to have you join us. I am Buck Ballard, joined by my wife. Chris. And from the other side of the fine state of Wisconsin, <laughs> our son. Don. Hey, and we got a face this week. You do. And I, it's a good one. It is. I do have good news <laughs> for this, I hope. I watched a whole ton of, you, of YouTube videos and found a teenager on a limited budget who had great lighting in the studio. I ordered the same lighting. So it should be here like the 10th of July. It's slipping, right. shipping slow boat, but it will be here. I think we still need to raise the screen up just a little. We'll do that next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, on the on the live view, you will see uh, Chris and I in uh, the studio in the basement and Don via video monitor at a strange angle because it's the only way we can get the light, but it is a very good view of him compared to what we've had in the past. Compared to last week, yeah, it's much better. Yes. This episode is all about Q&A. And since we are a new podcast. Quoi? Yeah, qua. <laughs> we do have a few questions from podcast listeners. And then I have been combing camping groups, Facebook groups, RV groups, motorhome groups, forums, and finding common, not just, hey, this is a cool question, but questions that are asked. What, what are a lot of people asking repeatedly? Some of these kind of blew me away. These are things that a lot of people ask, and I have to kind of scratch my head at some and, and others. It, I am more of a mechanically inclined person than most, so maybe right. I click on that stuff. My father was a, a lineman and then a power dispatcher for a, a major utility on the West Coast and eventually a load dispatcher. He worked in some of the hydroelectric plants in uh, Oregon, Washington, and uh, even Wyoming. I kind of understand voltage a little more than most, so maybe I just get it easier. But... Some stuff makes sense to you that it might not make to other people. That's exactly it, and other people know a whole lot more than I do. I I won't claim to be the genius on all, but we will give these a shot and just kind of go from there. So uh, what do you say we jump right into that first one? Can I plug my fifth wheel into my dryer outlet? Oh, go for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. What could go wrong? <laughs> Only on New Year's Eve and the 4th of July. <laughs> Here's what usually accompanies these is a picture of a 50 amp or a 30 amp plug uh, yeah. from their RV and a picture of the electrical outlet for a dryer. And I I am guessing what's going on by reading into not just one, but several areas where this is asked. They're seeing the similarity in this three pronged, sometimes four pronged, depending on how old the house is. And I think what they're considering is maybe I can run an extension cord of some kind or tap into the wiring and bring it out onto the other side of the garage wall or something. And now I'll have a place yeah. to plug in the RV. 
No. With an extension cord. How's you have an extension cord with that kind of an No, you don't. Okay. And, and there's so a that reason. doesn't even make sense. No, but it doesn't. But I can see why somebody asks that question. If they don't realize that your your dryer, your oven are 220 volt appliances and everything else is 110, including your most of your RV, unless you've got something pretty darn fancy. Something really substantial. And then it's not going to plug in in the normal RV park. Right. An RV park will usually have sometimes 50 amp. 30 is pretty common. And then, of course, your usual 20 amp outlet, a regular extension cord would plug into. So generally, you have a converter of some sort, a little cord that converts that 30 amp to a 20 amp. Or you can plug right into the 20 amp. And it's just a matter of how much stuff you're going to have on at once. In most cases, your 20 amp is going to do you unless you're going to run, what, your microwave and your air conditioner at the same time. And maybe somebody's yeah. going to turn on a hairdryer. You're going to have some issues. But the 30 amp will do fine. But if you want to have 30 amp service or 50 amp service to your RV outlet beside your home, have an electrician wire it because you might not have it available to your home to begin with to put that what they would call a sub panel, a whole separate box or even a separate outlet out there. But certainly it, it's like water and oil when you're talking about 110 and 220. I'm just going to keep yeah. it that simple. You're, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't mess with End it. End of story. <laughs> have you ever, and we all have, we've changed a light switch without shutting the power off. Because as long as you don't touch both wires at the same time, you're fine, right? I shut the power off very seldom when I'm doing stuff. Uh, and me too. But how many times have you accidentally zapped yourself a little bit? Yeah, it, it's going to happen. There's a big difference between a 110 zap and a 220 zap. <laughs> now, I have a very good... Oh, I, I haven't seen him in years since we moved out here. But my friend David that I worked at the, the, the Dodge store with, you have both met him. He shut the power off to his house and he was updating the actual receptacle from the three prong to the four prong in his home. And he shut off all the power to his house, not realizing the 220 was on a different circuit. He Ooh. also had one foot in water. Oh. And he ended up taking an ambulance ride and his heart was doing weird things for, he, he left work in an ambulance a couple times after that from side effects from oh, wow. that electrical shock going through his arm, through his body and out his foot standing in the water. Yep. Do not mess with 220. There's two things I I will not mess with. One is the 220. Two is the gas. When when yeah. we had the gas range put in our kitchen, we did a lot of the work. We remodeled yeah. the entire kitchen. I moved some sockets. I did the lighting. We did the sheetrock, the cabinets, the floors. I had somebody come in and run the gas line that runs right over the studio and the shutoff <laughs> for it is right here in the ceiling under this old license plate. <laughs> nice. But yeah, that was 200 and something well spent to let somebody else come and oh, yeah. put that in. I hooked the gas up to the stove, no problem there. Well, and at, at the end of the day, if you're not comfortable with it, don't do it yourself. No. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> There's certain things you do on YouTube and certain things oh, you don't. Nick was saying his campground is still closed. He says, yes, I have not camped at all yet. Part of that is I actually got covid Oh, no. Oh, Nick, no. that stinks. Sorry, you, Nick. I'm sorry to hear that. Is Nick in Washington, if I remember right? Now, here's one for you. And, and Chris and I were talking about this earlier, the second question, while we wait to hear from Nick. The second question, <laughs> and we've all seen these. You go to the RV show or you're looking at the dealer and they have these big, and if I remember right, they're usually tinted like smoke. They're like a sunroof, but they're this big dome. 
Yeah. They look really cool in March and April when it's cool out and you're shopping for that RV for the summer. And the bathroom is very bright because of all that natural light. And apparently in August, the bathroom is very hot. It's a sauna. I know I've seen those in other rooms in some of the bigger fifth wheels that might have two or three of those. And the answer to that is yes, you can. And I'm telling this mainly for people looking than for the people who have them. But that's the complaint. How do I stop my bathroom from turning into an oven? How do I stop the bedroom or wherever else we have one of these stupid things? And they end up lining them with some sort of like that silver insulation or some noise, whatever they can get to stick up in there. Some kind of reflective. Exactly. To keep the sun out. Well, now what was the point of having it in the first place? Right. So I guess my point in bringing that up is a whole lot of people who have those are not happy with them. Yeah. So So you're continuing to make them. Yeah. So your choice is to find something without them. Unlike skylights in your house, they're single layer, they're plastic. There's probably no UV protection in those things. I wouldn't think or very little. Yeah. It's an RV. They're not spending a ton of money. Okay. So Nick is in Washington. He's been back to work for two weeks now. Oh, good for him. That's good to hear. Good. Sorry you're in Washington, but that's good to hear. (laughs) (laughs) More sorry about the COVID, but... Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm glad you recovered well. Here's an interesting question that I'm surprised... I guess I'm not surprised, but people, I think, are looking for creative ways to do this because sometimes you're doing something the way you do it at home and you realize it doesn't work in an RV or in a tent or whatever the situation. And everybody has different amounts of rooms and everybody has different amounts of people in their RV. You, you have you and your other half and your son, and we have just the two of us and Kate and Jared have four kids and a pop-up. So yeah, the question is, what do you do with the dirty laundry? Throw it out the window <laughs> <laughs> at speed. Preferably, I just don't change yes. my clothes. Yeah, wear the same clothes for a week. Yeah, I put on a pair of jeans and a sleeveless t-shirt, and I occasionally throw on a sweatshirt if it gets cool enough at night. Then I wake up in the morning, and yep, well, I'm dressed, ready to go for the day. <laughs> you know, back in the day when I was in the Navy, we had a laundry bag, and when the ship was at sea, as, as your week would go by, you would put your laundry in the laundry bag, yep. and then one day a week they would come and take your laundry bag. And two days later, you get to, they never took the clothes out of the laundry bag. They washed the entire laundry bag. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and they never came out. So your clothes came back, wadded up in the laundry bag, just like you stuffed (laughs) them in there. It was kind of funny. But you had all your socks. Well, yeah, because they wouldn't fall out of the laundry bag. Exactly. This is true. Yeah. So that came out well. But that's what we still use is just a a laundry bag we take with us. And I suppose if you have, it it would depend on the room you have, where you are going to put that laundry bag. Yeah. And how many kids and how bad they stink. (laughs) (laughs) How much laundry you're actually going through. Exactly. And and I'm thinking now in our case, we only go usually for two or three days at a time, but we have done some longer trips and gone with the intention of we're not going to do laundry for at least a week. And we use the laundry bag. And when we get a chance, we maybe do one load while we're gone and We've never done that with camping. No, not with camping, but we've never gone camping that long either. We've been a week last year. Yeah, last year was a week. It was eight days, and we we never did laundry. Nope. But I guess when there's a group, if you have a big enough vehicle, you might collect that laundry in the laundry bag and keep it in the back of the SUV or whatever the case may be. 
we have been at campgrounds with where they've had washing facilities. Yes, we have. Some of the private ones have. I don't remember any of the state ones, even in Oregon, having no. laundry. But yeah, if you need to, you can do laundry on the road. But I think it's easier if the kids' laundry is in one place and the adults' laundry is in another. But camping, maybe that's not that big of a deal. I think kids' clothes are so hard to keep track of anyway. Yes. <laughs> Why have them be in a separate place? True. That is that is a valid point. You could also keep a you know like a, a a garbage can with a lid, a small garbage can with a lid outside the door of of the camper for them to yeah. put them in, or the tent, whatever the case may be. But just we, a, we have uh, one of those. I think you get them at, at the local dollar store. Little collapsible mesh laundry bags. Yeah. And it that works great. Other than it, it doesn't really contain the smell. So on a, on a long trip, if we're four or five days out, usually by the third or fourth day, that bag is now in the bed of the truck. Or you <laughs> and every always... morning, okay, when you're you're showered and you're dressed, okay, take your dirty clothes, so I'm in the back of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you without a truck, maybe you have an SUV. There's always the roof rack. Yeah, exactly, and, and a yep. little bit of rain. <laughs> So I guess there it's just creativity. Next one on the list. It was just kind of fun to go through and find some of the things that we might be able to uh, come up with answers for. Yeah. Now, here's one. Can I run my RV refrigerator while driving? I guess there the question would be what kind of refrigerator is it? Because that's going to determine how Yeah. and how far are you driving. Do you turn the gas off when you're when you're pulling your trailer? Yes. Now, we also do. We put the trailer in storage. So when we go to storage, we put the propane tank in. I connect it right there while I'm hooking up the trailer. I put the battery in, the propane tank in, connect it. But I don't turn it on until we get to the campground. And we're going to get back to that in another question. But there are three kinds, or there are actually three ways to power an RV refrigerator. There's shore power. You're, You're 110 when you plug it in. There is propane where you fire it up and run it off of your propane. And in the old days, you'd go back and light the pilot light in the back of your refrigerator. And then, of course, the third way is if you have a three-way refrigerator as opposed to the two-way that's just electric and propane, you can run it on 12-volt battery. And it really doesn't take a lot of voltage to run those things. It's surprising because they they don't work on the same type of system as your home one. They, they have a different coolant. I'm racking my brains here trying to remember... What kind of uh, fridge ours is. I know I can run it on propane. I know I can run it being plugged in. I just don't remember if I can have it running while we're going down the road. Now, you can have it running on propane while you run down the road. It's just a question of whether or not. I, I guess my thought is running with the propane, with the gas turned on going down the road. In most cases, yeah, you can. And, and you're fine. It's going to stay cold Granted, it might not always be level, the crown of the road and that thing. But what if you're going on an extended vacation and you're going to spend eight hours driving? You might want to leave that on. Right. I think I would try and find a way not to, but if I had to, it's not the end of the world. Right. You can still have it on. Yeah. But the 12-volt is really – if you have a three-way refrigerator – that's the way to go. It really does not drain your battery. It's a very low draw, surprising for what it does. And even the propane, it doesn't burn a lot of gas. No. 
I, from a safety point of view, like the gas off. But if you're going on a long distance, you might not have a choice in the matter. You just might have to leave it on and leave it running. And certainly a lot of people do. Yeah. You'll have to make that decision. Okay. Nick runs his off his battery. And then he says, yes, you can. If I remember, Don, you have a pop-up and so does he. I'll bet there's a 12-volt <laughs> setting on there. Not really a shiny object, but a side note on the same discussion. <laughs> the slide-in camper we had a few years back, when I ran that out west, I left it on 12-volt to run the refrigerator while I was heading out west because I, I ran a 1,000 miles a day and got out there in two days. I took three days coming <laughs> home, but I took two days getting out you, there. You hauled butt to get out there. No, I didn't. I did about 64 the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> He drove long. Yeah. <laughs> or late. I, I just anyway. drove. You just didn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> I just drove long days. But what I found is that is an old enough camper that it really wouldn't keep up. I had to put some ice in there to keep the temperature proper keep in that cool. refrigerator. And those older refrigerators, rather than the normal coolant, they use an ammonia system of some kind. And I don't understand yeah. it completely, but the active ingredient rather than Freon is, is ammonia. Mm-hmm. It would have been about $700. It would have been cheaper to replace the refrigerator than have it recharged. Yeah. Because I, I did look into it and it's, nah, we're just going to it's, buy it's ice. It's almost not worth it, honestly. Exactly. Uh, but it is good to know if you're planning on those, just make sure you buy an RV that has that feature or realize you are going to have to run with the propane on, which is not illegal. You'll have to decide if you think it's safe enough or not. Now, let's get back. Two. I thought this was an interesting one because we have been through this. Why doesn't my water heater work or why doesn't it work right away? You have a water heater in yours, do you not? Uh, no, we do not. Oh, okay. Now we have the water heater in ours. And unlike the old trailers where you'd go out and light the pilot light and all of that good stuff, you just turn it on on a little control panel. A little nice. fault light comes on. And when the fault light goes off and you yeah, hear the little water. pop, it's good. So, but well, there, there's there's a couple of buts here. The first the first but is to remember to turn the damn gas on when you get to the campground. It's <laughs> the biggest True. one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that happens though is you turn the gas on when you get to the campground. So now you've got gas going through the system. What did we learn that we do first after we turn the gas on when we go into the trailer? We light a burner. We light a burner. Yes, and that's. When that burner lights, you know you've gotten a lot of the air out of the system. You're priming the yeah. system a little bit because it's been open with the tank gone and there's no gas left in those lines. So right. when the burner lights, now it's a little less stress on that automatic pilot light trying to fire up that water heater and it lights. So if you wonder why it doesn't light right away, that's why it's purging the air out of the lines. So do it where it's easy at the stovetop. And in our case, we don't have self-igniters, so we turn it on and take the little clicker and click, click, click and light the fire. But that is why it does not work right away. Chris kind of found some uh, interesting answers to this one because I thought this was a good question and it is something that comes up a lot. We're going to Yellowstone. We're going to Rushmore. We're going to... Moab, whatever the case may be, how do I store a week's worth of meat for a camping trip? Beef jerky. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. All on you that. need. So what's the jerky sticks with the Sasquatch? 
Jack Links. Jack Links. There we go. <laughs> I, I deliver up in the town that's that's home of Jack Links beef jerky, and I've never seen these before. It's a twenty pound bag of beef jerky. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, it's um, awesome. It's ridiculously expensive because you know beef jerky is outrageous, but. Yes. You grab two bags of those there, you got meat for a year. <laughs> yeah. You may be retaining water for a while. A, a little bit of sodium in that stuff. But you can do salamis and ham is a big one. I, hams keep. Hey, yeah. yeah. Or cook it. I think cook it before you leave and freeze it. Then make sure if you're going to, the ones that you're using five days out or whatever, they're the ones that are you put in the freezer first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, couldn't you also, and I'll run this by you, let's say you're left Monday, you're going to have hamburgers Wednesday. So Wednesday you get the hamburger out, it's defrosted by then because you packed it frozen. What if you cook it all up Wednesday and then you have hamburgers again Friday, but the burgers were cooked Wednesday? Would that work? Would that be better than just trying to get five days out of that hamburger? For the person cooking, yes, because (laughs) you get a little time off and you can heat them up over the fire again. Yeah. I wouldn't put them on a stick. Oh, they don't work well on a stick. Now, Brian says spam. Where would we be without spam? Spam. That is the go-to <laughs> breakfast meat. It is. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about refrigerating that. No. You just the you pull that out of whatever <laughs> corner of your uh, camper that you found it in from eight years ago. And <laughs> slice yourself off a piece. <laughs> there you go. It's as good as the old Army C rations. Yeah. Well, we used to have it when I was a kid. Oh, I remember it well. Mm-hmm. Spam is good. No, for all of our our meat is either it's frozen when we go, and it it helps last, and it also helps keep that cooler cold. Uh, I, I hate putting a ton of ice in my food cooler. Yes. Just because you, I mean, you you get a package of chicken or a package of hamburger or something. There's going to be some some leaching coming out of those containers yeah now you have chicken blood in your evening cocktail yeah now you know whatever you know that that one hershey bar that's floating at the bottom of the cooler <laughs> I, i'll still eat it but my kid's not gonna get a hershey bar you know? no <laughs> but we will usually it's if it's not frozen if it's pork chops or steaks they get frozen and then they go in the cooler like you said our, <laughs> our hamburger i cooked that up ahead of time uh Taco meat, we cook that ahead of time. Yeah. We do do a lot of of canned meat uh, for for breakfast, whether it's canned ham that I'm going to cut up and throw in hash browns and eggs or spam. Otherwise, it's it's either frozen. and But then you, you do run the risk of, do you remember to take it out in the morning? You know, take it out of the cooler if it's still frozen solid. You know, yeah, maybe it's only your third day, and it it hasn't warmed up enough to thaw out your your pork chop. So you you do kind of have to monitor it. But I uh, cooking ahead is a great way. Now, Cannon came up with spam and mac and cheese. Oh, <laughs> I, I will not eat mac I'm and cheese. Sorry, I, I, I I I am the mac and cheese uh, hater of the bunch. Buck doesn't do mac There's and cheese. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> I've never thought of spam in my mac and cheese. And have you, I don't know how much time you spend on the canned meat aisle of your local grocery store. Spam is coming out with new flavors. How can you have different flavors of spam? Let's, let's well, elaborate. It's never been identified anyway. Because it's so. artificial. 
So it's not it's not like it's really supposed to taste like anything. It just tastes like spam. What are the new? But now there's there's teriyaki spam. There's a honey spam. There's a maple spam. I would get that. Uh, Yeah, a, a Cajun spam, a sriracha spam. I'm not expecting a whole lot of flavor. I'm just expecting they adjust the salt. <laughs> <laughs> just just a little tweak on the sodium intake. And That's good. it. Michael came up with ramen noodles and beef jerky. Now, if you want a little sodium re- with oh, some retention okay. there, holy man. Actually, you don't have to worry about taking a salt tablet if you're yeah. doing that. <laughs> you, almost, you almost had me there because ramen noodles and spam would be... I think of the days when you guys were little and ramen noodles were wonderful. Well, I, I still like ramen noodles. Throw a hot dog in there. I just have to eat more of them. No, yeah. no, 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 no. No, no not, hot dog, no in ramen hot dog and ramen. Now, no, Brian no does. No hot dogs. Brian says, and this will be something for you, Don, vacuum seal all your meat before freezing. Then yes. you're not going to get anything leaching out from true. there. We and have never bought one of those vacuum sealers, but I sure hear a lot about them. And we've talked about it enough yeah. times. And then Cannon it's, it's said, worth it. it's not warming it up enough is not an issue in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that the truth? True. <laughs> Cannon probably doesn't have a fifth wheel with those domes in it then either, does he? <laughs> no, I would imagine no. not. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm going to throw in another tip here that I learned from my, my life on the road as far as food and camping. Don't tell your kids you're doing this and they won't notice it or they'll think you bought them a treat. But if you tell them what it is, they're going to go, ew. Ew, I'm not eating that. I'm not having that. <laughs> but if you have breakfast cereal for breakfast, milk sometimes does funny things two or three days in a cooler. Yep. yep. It, it picks up a little taste. I learned this on the road, almond milk. And and you can buy vanilla almond milk. You can buy different flavors of almond milk. It just tastes a little bit sweeter. Your kids will drink it. Just don't tell them it's almond milk. It's delicious. It can withstand a little bit of flexibility and temperature and not hurt you. And your kids will enjoy it on their cereal and ask for it again. We, and in fact, we use almond milk quite a bit at home. We do. I'm sorry, we're getting some good. This is probably one of the best responses we've had is this getting in when we're getting into food. Well, let's hear it. Nick says, I have a can of some. Now, this is when we're back with the sp- with real hornet bacon. Hmm. Yes. Hormel. Oh, okay. There so we go. All the other there's, spam was There's no murder out. hornet bacon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Murder hornet I mean, they're bacon. big, but they're not that big. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, haven't seen one, I haven't seen one hanging by its hind legs from a tree in <laughs> anybody's deer camp. Well, I'm not really sure where he was going with this, so... <laughs> Right. And I feel bad for Michael because he's saying, if you want to know more about spam, email me a lot. Email spam. <laughs> yes. Now I, get I got it. it. I like spam. I don't know why people have a thing against spam. I, I get it. Yeah, I'm not eating it because I'm expecting real meat. I'm eating it because I like it. <laughs> you know, it's it's like picking up. Burgers at McDonald's. Okay, they're good, but you no. weren't expecting a gourmet I know burger. This thing isn't going to be, you know, <laughs> Angus. No, black Angus ground beef. No, it's, this it's is not Arby's. It's not Culver's. Patty. <laughs> yeah, and then the cow is probably ninety. Yeah, it, it is what it is. And I'm I'm going to choke down three of them. I'm going to go. God, that was good. And in two hours, I'm going to go. God, why do I do this? <laughs> 
What is the brand of bacon that we just found last week? We've got like four pounds of this stuff in the fridge. Well, not anymore. We had BLTs <laughs> for dinner tonight. Oh, nice. So you're down to two pounds. Yes. <laughs> it's black label. I think it's Hormel, but it's cherry cherry wood smoked and pecan wood smoked. And it's Ooh. real thick cut. But it was on sale for six ninety nine a pound, which anymore around here, that's really cheap for that's bacon. Ch- yeah. And it's it not is, bad. And for, it especially is for thick cut. Yeah. Now, how did you prepare our bacon for camping this week? What's up in the freezer already cooked? Just cook the whole pound and what you're not going to eat? Keep it no, high. no. Hide it from me and we can take it camping. They're they're in two packages because we'll have two breakfasts. Yeah. And if they were in one package, we would have one breakfast. It would just <laughs> yep. be bigger and better. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a lot of bacon. I don't need any eggs. I got two pounds of bacon. It's funny. I always throw in a few Greek yogurts on our camping trips and I never quite get to them. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to behave, but there was bacon. Oh, Nick says he's making fish sticks now. What does that say about me? You get a wish you had COVID when those fish sticks. <laughs> 12-hour old fish sticks. Oh, Yum. For, for anybody new who has found our family camping, as we start this journey out, bringing in the, uh, um, the Our Family Camping podcasts, Don and I, with the help of Chris, have done a trucking show for several years, and it was yeah. just time for a change. So you're going to get some... Uh, very creative men of the road views on some of this. And uh, yeah, this would be one. Uh, cooking on the road is an art form. I'm very good at it. I have had uh, everything from steamer clams to steaks to hot dogs to microwave dinners to, and you name it. I've, I've, Mountain Dew and Cheerios. Yes, that, that too. Yes, one yes. of your best creations. Uh, yeah, you, 15 <laughs> minutes after you woke up in the morning, you've got coffee in the cup holder and you got a bowl of Cheerios on your steering wheel with Mountain Dew on them instead of milk. And, <laughs> and we wonder why he's diabetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was 20 years ago in my defense. So, Hey, Michael's wanting to know what are your thoughts on LED lighting inside the camper? Anything, especially, and and we actually had a question on this, on dispersed camping, when you have no hookups, anything you can do to conserve light, all of our lights in our trailer are LED with the exception of the light over the stove was not. And when that light went out, which for some reason it did, that's the only one that's gone out on us, it was replaced with LED. I like LED lighting. In just about any scenario, it's a much lower draw. You can get a natural color of light. It's not like where they used to be a funky color. I'm a fan, and they last forever. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> in, in all in all of these years of camping and RVing and the different things we've done, uh, and you were not with us because it was just you and I. I, I don't were the kids me home with alone. us when we went. I'm thinking Fourth of July, Lincoln City, with my parents. No, that was just you and I. And my parents. Right. We had RVs in a campground. My parents had a fifth one. We'd rented a motorhome. We all loaded up in the motorhome, drove on the highway. What was the highway 101? Right along the ocean there. And we parked right by the pier so we could see the fireworks. Well, after the fireworks were done, beautiful fireworks over, over the uh, bay in Lincoln City. And after the fireworks, the traffic was a mess, and we sat in the camper and played cards for probably an hour waiting for the traffic to thin out, and then we drove back <laughs> to the campground. And it's the lifetime memories that you create as a family when there's no TV and you're just 
entertaining and talking to each other. Right. You're passing the time. Whether you're playing gin rummy or Yahtzee or whatever the case may be, uh, we just don't play the game of life anymore. No, we don't. <laughs> no. Every time we play it, a family member dies. Yeah. So no, more you, no, 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 no more. <laughs> that for some reason, there's some, some karma to that game. Some with bad us, juju. <laughs> yes. Now, we do have, um, I, I want to do this one first, and then we'll get into a couple of the questions that uh, were on the Facebook group today. Here's another one that I found three or four times, and I'm kind of lost on this one. Now, I, I don't mind staying cool while we're camping. That's part of why we have an RV, safe, warm, off the ground, cool. Well, you know, in the summertime, we can kick the air on. Now, we didn't go whole hog. Uh, we don't have a redneck air conditioner that's hanging out the back. <laughs> It came with a built-in wall unit rather than a roof unit. And for a 21-foot camper, it'll freeze us out of there. It's, oh, yeah. It's all we need. So we're very happy with it. It saves a little bit of clearance on the roof. Very efficient. And I can't explain why I wash that thing and spray it down with the hose and no water gets inside <laughs> the trailer. But what is that last question on that list? Recommend a good portable AC unit for tent camping. <laughs> Where do you go with that? Okay, so you're... To me, it goes back to the number one question about p- plugging their fifth wheel <laughs> yeah. into the dryer outlet. You go talk to the writer of number one, and between the two of you, you guys will figure out something that'll work just fine. <laughs> you can do it. You need... Obviously, you need access to electricity, whether you have access to a plug-in or a, a generator... Your easiest option is one of those portable room air conditioners, not the window mount, the kind that you set up in a room, you know, your office or your bedroom. Oh, and you run the hose out the window. And they, yeah, they vent out a window. Uh, You're opening yourself up to bugs are going to infest your tent because you now have to leave a door open. Not all the way. You can close it around, but it's doable. In a tent, I really don't know how much of a difference you're going to make. And even if it did make a difference, do you want to spend all day sitting in your tent? Yeah. As far as sleeping when it's very warm, and some of this depends on the part of the country you live in, you can get swamp coolers. But the problem with a swamp cooler is, and those are, they're not an air conditioner. That's just, you can make a swamp cooler out of a styrofoam cooler, a fan, and some ice. Yeah, that's all you need. You're just blowing that cold, humid air through the hot tent. And that'll actually cool you down as the cold air and the moisture move over your body. They're very, very effective. They work very well. They don't work in Wisconsin because the humidity is too high to begin with, but somewhere where it's dry, they work very well. But really in a tent, you need, as long as you've got good vent flaps and your rain cap on top and some space between there, depending on the type of tent you have, as long as you have some air moving, you're going to be fine. But if you're really needing air conditioning, maybe you need something more than a tent. Yeah, maybe it's it's time to get away from the tent. That's kind of my That's thought. what happened to us. That's how we got a pop-up. May- yeah, maybe. <laughs> One really hot music festival in a tent. The truck wasn't even unloaded. And we were cruising through the camper lot on the way home. <laughs> oh, and I can't blame you there at all. Not at all. <laughs> and then we buy a camper that doesn't even have air conditioning. <laughs> but you can always put one in. And I've yes. seen many a tent trailer with them either a pop-up with either the uh, air conditioner on the roof. On yeah, a, as you I, would I, in I a- could do a, a roof mount or uh, I, I actually 
have the plans. I just haven't made it yet. You can make a bracket that goes on the outside of your tent. You don't have to bolt it to anything. It literally just fits on the frame of your, your pop-up and you just set a window mount on there. Yeah. Window mount air conditioner and it looks like it'd work great. Thankfully, knock on wood, we haven't had to do it yet. Normally, there's enough breeze if you're near water and you're near green and a tent, you know, pop up. Let's face it, you got a lot of windows to open. Yeah. And a lot of ways to get air through. The trailer is white. Most tents are a darker color. They're going to absorb that heat. Yeah. Yeah. You will have issues there. I'm going to get to the questions we have on the on the group, and I kind of wanted – I was going to do these first, but because they're gearhead questions and uh, maybe a little less camping, I wanted to put them off towards the end, but uh, I do want to cover them, and let me get to our, our group. And this, again, the group is Our Family Camping. Thoughts on boondock camping with a traditional camper versus off-road purpose-built camper, which would be like an overland camper, something made to take a little more abuse – Personally, I like to get a site with just water, and I'll run off a battery and solar and maybe a generator if needed. We have a 1986 pop-up. Definitely not an off-road or overland rig, but it works fine for the two of us, and we have fun. In the world of pop-up and tent campers, you have, like you have, and uh, like Tim is talking about here, just the standard pop-up. You have pop-ups that are really, the the trailer itself is made the same. It's just on a higher suspension. So you could pull it behind a four-wheel drive truck. You'd have more ground clearance to get in anywhere you want to go. But you're certainly not going to go overlanding in it, or you will probably beat it. You're going to break something. Exactly. And then you have overland campers that are usually not pop-ups. They're usually like a, a storage camper on steroids with a rooftop tent is the general, uh, most of them, but you can get them that are like an overgrown teardrop, but they have a tougher suspension. They're just built to take the abuse of maybe a little more serious off-roading. Yeah. Some more bumps and jumps. Yeah. And overlanding is traveling long distances with no pavement. That that would be the best definition for it. Uh, If you're into overlanding, there's a great podcast. He doesn't do a lot of them, but the ones they do are good called the four by four podcast. Okay. And, and he's done some great overlanding. I think he's up in Alaska now. Uh, the guy was in the army the last I heard. Uh, fun podcast. I'll give it a shot. Dispersed camping is just simply going out where there's no hookups and camping. And we haven't, I've done that in my teenage years and my younger adult years. Uh, in Wisconsin, we've done none of it. And we really stuck with state parks and campgrounds when we were camping in Oregon. Well, I think we had to with kids. Yeah, yeah. with with kids, you're kind of there, and and we're town explorers and things anyway, so it's kind of fun for us. I have a lot of family in eastern Oregon, and I have done my share of dispersed camping again in my younger years out in eastern Oregon and uh, Harney County and the areas around there and the Steens Mountains. When we were kids, camping up there was all dispersed, and I believe most of it still is. It's a lot of fun. You get out there. Usually there's nobody with you. I mean, as far as neighbors, there's you have some room. Sadly, I read Oregon again has had to end dispersed camping because they can't keep it clean. People are leaving their junk. Oh, there's a shocker. Yeah. 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 You not know really a surprise there at all. The no. only dispersed camping I see is at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of dispersed camping in the Walmart. There is. And there's, the- there's no hookups, but man, you can find everything there. <laughs> 
yes, you can. You don't have to go far. I mean, that's probably one of the best places to camp. Yeah, I'm beginning <laughs> to believe it. There you go. How do you keep your meat stored for a week? Camp at Walmart. You just go to the Walmart and pick out your dinner <laughs> for that night. A couple other ones here that I wanted to touch on. Um, George, I'm going to be towing 5,000 pounds. It's a sailboat, my version of a camper. I have a 2013 Ford Focus. Uh, obviously, he's not going to tow with that. <laughs> oh, okay. I know Fords are powerful and all, but I've decided to get a truck to pull it. 5,000 pounds. Um, what would you recommend? What are some nice features to have? And what are some must-haves? My sailboat has been on a cradle in the past. I'm assuming that means it's up high because it's got the, the, the what do you call it, the lower mast on the sailboat. I'm not a boat guy. Yeah, I can't. So they sit up a little higher. It's not the keel, but they they have the the thing coming off the keel. Yeah. So I don't know how you get that boat in and out of the water with that because you can't back the truck out of the water. Yeah. So so there's a lot of of the nomenclature here that, and he is a truck driver, so he's he's skilled at what he's doing. You know, 5,000 pounds. You need a dually, you need a diesel, uh, a backup camera. Oh, no, you need 20 backer ca- backup yeah. cameras. Haven't you seen the ad? <laughs> really, I mean, you can find a six-cylinder half-ton that's rated to pull 5,000 pounds. If yeah. you're only doing it twice a year, you might be okay with it, but it would drive you nuts. Right. Um, I, I don't think, unless you really want a three-quarter ton, you don't need one. I think a half-ton would do fine as long as you're watching your gear ratios. Uh, you can go on Google and find out, you know, based on the gear ratio, what it'll tow. Uh, follow the transmission cooler lines and make sure it has an auxiliary transmission cooler on it. I'm a big fan of those. Yeah. Nick is saying it's the rudder. Oh, the rudder. Okay, that would make sense. Or you're ruder than you are normally. <laughs> I think it's rudder. The rudder, <laughs> rudder. The rudder. But I would have no problem pulling 5,000 pounds with most half-ton trucks no. as, as long as your gear ratio is right. Well, especially and, uh, the newer ones. I mean, you, you go back even... 40 years ago. I think most of your half tons were five, 6,000 pounds easy. My truck is 10 years old and it's rated at 88. Yeah. And a, like a 2,400 pound payload package. So why they call that a half ton, I don't know. Um, but it is. You mm-hmm. do The biggest thing with a three quarter ton is how often are you going to tow? If you're going to be pulling that thing all the time, you might want to do that. But I think a half right. ton would be fine. Now, Continuing on, I'd regularly tow an 8,500-pound dumb trailer with a 2015 Chevy Silverado 1500. My max, however, is 9,800. I'm not sure a 150 or similar would tow that boat. Well, the boat's lighter. Granted, it's got a different aerodynamic feature, but it's got to be slicker and more. It's got to be more aerodynamic than a trailer, than than your average travel trailer. What kind of trailer? Dumb trailer. Dump trailer. Well, it says dump trailer. I'll bet you mean dump trailer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to ride like boom. That's a heavy trailer for that 1500 8500 That is. It's a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, oh, this is Tim talking back to George. Okay, that's cool. Well, I didn't notice that. I just saw George and I say Tim Tim uh, tagged him in that. So that's Tim who pulls the 8500-pound dump trailer with a 2015 Silverado. Uh, okay. Half ton. And yeah, half tons do crazy things. Where I would go... Even in that 8,500-pound range, where I would be worried about, do I need a three-quarter ton, is am I going to do it every day? You know, if, if I'm only doing it four weekends a year, five weekends a year, half ton's fine. If you're going to do it all the time, 
you know, go you're going to want something a little, a little beefier, a little more dependable. Yeah. But I'd rather abuse the half ton and get better mileage going back and forth to work than, you know, have the crappy ride in the nine miles to the gallon and right. really not that much more performance towing. No. Just make sure when you're, when you're only, only going to be towing, like you said, two or three times a year. Yeah. Just make sure in either case that, uh, you have brakes on that trailer. Yes. Contact information. We're pretty easy to get a hold of. Again, right there at the Facebook group. Our family camping. Just send in a request and uh, we'll let you in the same day unless we don't have cell service, which we won't and while we're camping. we won't camping. let you in. <laughs> yeah. Then you'll have to wait till we get back. And of course, Instagram, our family camping. I'm almost never on there because I don't know what to do with Instagram. I will be working on that <laughs> over the next few weeks. <laughs> Uh, we do have some YouTube equipment coming because I think yeah. we're going to spend the summer doing YouTube stuff and I'm going to build out the website in the fall. That's kind of the plan. But there is a website called ourfamilycamping.com and there's not much there. It'll be a That's winter right. project, I have a hunch. But we are having fun. This will be camping trip number three. Yeah. So you nice. know, with the COVID and everything else, that's nice. And I'm sure there will be several more before the summer is over. Sure hoping. Being in Wisconsin, our, our camping season is at best six months. Well, it's more your work schedule. Yeah. Well, yeah, that but doesn't, I, That but doesn't I, make it easy. No, <laughs> but I mean, we we don't go until we're done freezing and dewinterize the trailer, and then it's rewinterized by October. So it's a six or seven month camping, camping yeah. season here compared to other parts of the country. Other places yeah. where you can go camping in February. Yes. And I keep saying I'm going to do some winter camping. We'll see what this winter brings. It's a long way off. <laughs> Not that long. No. With that, uh, we will talk to you all next week. Same time, same place. Stay safe. Drink responsibly. And happy camping. Thanks to Safe everybody. travels out there. Thank you for being so involved tonight. This it, was fun. Yeah, it was. It's, awesome. been, it's been a while. It, it's fun to have people. You all stay safe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy your spam. <laughs> <laughs> your spam and ramen noodles. Yum, yum. It's going to be a fine day today.